Welcome to The Confidence Project. My name is Liam and I have made it my mission to skyrocket your confidence across body, mind and everything in between. I want this podcast to inspire you so that you have the self-belief and motivation to become the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening and embarking on what's going to be an incredible journey for the both of us. Let's take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Team, how are we all? Welcome to another episode of the Confidence Project podcast. And today I'm going to share with you all about my experience of running a marathon. Now, if you know me, um, you've followed me for a while, you will know that at one point I said I'm not a runner, hate running, can't do it. And that was only last year. Um, And I know I've touched on this before, but last year I did some challenges and I learned to sort of love running. You know, one of the challenges was a half marathon. I did the 4x448 challenge. Um, and I did that to push myself, yes, physically, but mentally. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't have been a challenge, would it? Um, but after the half marathon, after we did the Great North Run in September 2022, it was like, well, what next? So on the back of that, at the back end of last year, I put in for the London Marathon. And I didn't get in. You've got a very, very slim chance. Um, I've heard it's like 3% to non-charity places. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, basically there's there's no chance in heck you're going to get in. Um, but once I'd put in and then I, I realised that I wasn't going to get in, I was like, well, you've put in for it. You may as well do one. And although I'm not a rugby fan, I have been following the story of the Rob Burrow and MND and everything that Kevin Sinfield has been doing. He did his, his seven ultramarathons in seven days. And I thought, you know what, that's a very local cause. It's very close to home. Um, this is the marathon I'm going to do. So I didn't really hesitate. I just went for it, um, signed up, and, and that was that. And as did my dad, you know. So the plan actually was last year to do the ha- the uh, Great North Run together, the half marathon. But it's a ballot system, and, and he got in and I didn't, albeit I ran on his behalf. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to do my challenges. Um so we decided to do it and ultimately the, this episode is all about how we got on, what we felt, the training, the experience, the prep um, but most importantly I did it because I wanted a new challenge, um, that was it. I didn't do it for charity, I could have done, I didn't do it for charity because of last year I felt that I'd done a lot of charity work and with the wedding coming up um, in August it only made sense just to sort of do this for me a little bit you know albeit you know you pay your entry free and and I donated some charitable causes along the way Um, but yeah and you know what first things first I've got to say I loved it I loved the entire thing Um, and the marathon itself I genuinely believe that it was one of the best that I could have done uh, the reason being because of the occasion, because of the emotion attached to it, everything that Kevin and Rob and all his family had done in the run up to it, and and just everyone being there for one another, it was a very communal feeling. It felt like the city of Leeds really came together. Um, and you know, I've been part of these Facebook groups, and they have said that you know naturally you get your your crazy people who do all these marathons, and you know this is my fiftieth marathon. But genuinely, there was a real consensus that this marathon. Um, was one of the biggest and best because of the atmosphere. So that's a credit to all the people who were spectating, all the volunteers, all the marshals, you know, everyone who could facilitate it, the runners, you know, kids holding out banners, you know, neighbours coming together and giving out water, spraying the hose pipes. Like 
everything about it was just unreal. Um, but I'm going to take you back to sort of square one and then give you about the build-up and then ultimately the day and how I felt afterwards. So the run-up to it, this was obviously on the back of the Great North Run. I took a little bit of time away and the half marathon felt like a massive milestone for me. And if you'd have said, do you think you could do it again? Can you, can you do two halves? Can you do a full at the back of the Great North Run? I, th- I was like, mm, probably not. So I knew it would take a lot of training but naturally, it was just an increment, really. Sort of every couple of weeks, we would up it, and then we'd sort of taper off a bit, and then up it some more. Um, and from maybe, I can't remember when we signed up, maybe December, and the marathon was in May. So over the course of five-ish months, let's say, you know, on top of Christmas, etc., you know, I'd gone from training runs that stemmed from maybe 20 kilometers all the way to 33 kilometers, and we sort of built up gradually, um, so we so we covered, you know, not quite a marathon. You don't really need to run a marathon, obviously. Training for it, some people would say, well, surely you need to run a marathon to make sure you can do it. But to be honest with you, the atmosphere can get you through it. Um, and I also trusted my coach's plan. You know, I didn't plan this myself. So first things first, I was doing two runs a week. I would do one longer run and one shorter, faster run to work on my speed, the interval running. Um, now, albeit that interval running, I'll hold my hands up and say that within the sort of last month it was not neglected I think that's the wrong word but rather than like jogging and sprinting I'd almost do like a jog and walk and I was just trying to sort of preserve myself because I was still training in the gym I was still doing all the things I wanted to you know I was training four times in the week two uppers two lower sessions um, and I was struggling to recover as the longer runs went on so I put all my eggs in that basket really which I didn't really think affected me in all fairness Um, as I go on um, you know, because I will do another marathon, I think. I think I will obviously invest in those intervals a little bit more so I can work on my speed and try to get a faster time. But, you know, the, it wasn't about the time this event. It wasn't about um, how fast I could do it. It was just about actually doing it and doing it with my dad. And, and it was a really nice experience. So not only did we run it together, um, we trained for it together. You know, my dad lives in quite a, a sort of in-the-sticks environment, so to speak. So we were right up in the moors running around in the cold conditions throughout sort of winter um we then did some closer to me where it's a bit more sort of um built up and we just sort of got a nice mixture but whether we were trained sort of over by his or by mine it was it's very hilly where we where we live and we knew this route would be hilly um in fact there's there's a bit of an infamous hill that everyone was on about pool bank and i'll come on to it when i talk about the marathon but it, it was so we felt felt if we could do these hills by home and push ourselves and, and regardless of the time we was more looking at time on feet so with every training run it was like right how can we get this as hilly as possible where can we go and we, we went up some shocking hills but it filled us with confidence so the first thing i would say that from my experience the training was so much harder than the event because with the training you don't have the atmosphere and i think the atmosphere really pulls you through it genuinely you know the other runners like I said the crowds the you know the kids giving out high fives everyone just coming together you know the streets were lined up with thousands it was almost like a red carpet moment really whereas when you're training it's it's just by yourself or you know with it with your dad in my case and that did make it really difficult um but you know what we got through it and it was incredible and I think my hardest run I think we was training we did 30 kilometers it was almost like the penultimate longest run and everyone says you're going to hit a runner's wall and 
hand on heart, I've never hit this runner's wall up until then. And this was the thing that made me a little bit worried about what we're going to do. I thought, oh my God, how are we going to cope? Or how am I going to cope? Um, and I just remember almost maybe maybe 26, 27 kilometers, because you've got to remember every new training run that we did, it was a new distance, it was a new level. And as they say, new levels equals new devils. Um, and I just remember we were going up this hill and it was another hill. And I just, I just remember my head drooping. I started dragging my feet. I couldn't get the bend in my knees and, and the power to sort of propel myself forwards. And I never walked. Um, but, and I always sort of say, you know, to all clients, you know, do not walk. Whatever you do, just don't stop. But that was as close to coming to stopping as I've ever been. And I think when I got to the brow of the hill, my vision had started to go a bit blurry. And I was just, I just said to myself, I can't do it. And that voice inside my head was really like, oh my God, like, what have you signed up for here, really? You know, you've still got another 10 kilometers or so on top of that. And I remember just getting to almost the brow of this hill. And I knew I was sort of holding my dad back because he's faster than me. And I just remember like my legs like wanting to go into a walk. And I think I, I did like two strides at a walking pace and then I sort of like snapped out of it. I was like, no, come on, you can do it. And I did have the ability to find that second wind, which I was, I was quite proud of really. And we've, we managed to finish strong. And one thing from my point of view, I think every runner and every person is different really, but I am someone who, I struggle with like consistency. Um, so I'm sort of like really on it or... I'm sort of down in the dumps. I've got to pull it out the fire, really. And, and I, I remember just sort of having that ability, that bounce back ability. I, I could find a second wind, a third wind. So, you know what? All things said and done, I would take it. I was quite pleased with it. Um, there was obviously a lot of trial and error that went on with our training runs as well, you know, like different gels, fuel, how I'd feel with tea the night before, you know, things like that. Um, and, and, you know, we got there in the end, really. So the... <clears throat> The training was a real eye-opener and it came with a lot of challenges, but it filled me with more confidence um, on the day, which I thought was mega. And then obviously with all that, I had to juggle life. You know, I still had to work. And, and the one thing I would say if you are doing a marathon from my experience is you've got to have the time to train. You know, every weekend I was putting, you know, it, if I was traveling up to my dad's, it'd be, you know, I'd be out of the house for four hours because we'd, we'd take half an hour to get up there, half an hour back. We might run for anywhere between two and three hours. We then have to recover before I came home. You know, it, it was a lot. It was taxing. And, but mentally, it's a good test. And I would say that about actually any event. In all fairness, if you've never done like an organized event, even if it's like a 10K, just go do one because the experience from it is invaluable, really. So I think this marathon was a real a real sort of milestone for me and, and something else I can add to my CV with confidence really and I was really really pleased so obviously we've done all this training um, a few days before this is where the carb loading starts now I am a greedy bugger so I love this um, although it was hard so I spoke to my coaches about sort of the science behind it all and what do I need to do before the marathon and essentially three days out the carb loading begins so don't worry about calories focus more on the carbohydrates so I think three days out so we ran on the Sunday so on the Thursday I had eight grams of carbohydrates for every kilogram of body weight so you know that's 640 grams of carbohydrates honestly like I don't have a really high carb diet um just not out of choice just how it happens I have quite high protein my fat level is quite high so it was great, but it got to the point on that Thursday, I was like, oh, I am stuffed. And I just remember having like pasta at sort of like 10 after work and then porridge for dessert. And it was great, 
but it was difficult. And then the Friday, Saturday, I had six grams, so it was a little bit less, but do you know what? Like, I love to eat, but again, I almost hit like an eating wall, <laughs> um, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, if you're ever going to do a marathon, if you like to eat, do a marathon just so you can eat, honestly. Um, but it felt good, and I knew I was doing everything right, and and one, the one thing I would say from my point of view is, like I said, I don't have a very high-carbohydrate diet, um, but I felt so energised, so that's now something I've taken just into my wider life, and just keeping more of an eye on my carbs as well as my protein, because um, like I like quite a lot of, sort of dairy products and you know things like that, and my carbohydrates can get a little bit neglected when I'm focusing on my protein, so I'm trying to sort of just incorporate more and more into my diet as I go. Just so I can feel a little bit more energized, which obviously will, will benefit everyone and anything in my life. Um, so with carb loaded, the nerves were starting to kick in, of course. Um, but you know, it's by the bike; it's all part of it, and and that's a okay. Um, so the big day rolled around, and you know, I, I was pretty calm actually on the morning of. I was I was really quite excited, really. And like like I said, these events like they do come with a bit of a, a buzz. Um, which obviously is it's what you want. It's what you want to get through it. I didn't want to be nervous on the day, and I got up and I'd done my stretching. I'd done been to the physio that week, and you know I'd, I'd felt like my prep was on point really. Um, so I got dropped off at the park and ride at about seven a.m. And this is where I made my first blunder of the day. You know, said my goodbyes. I said I'll see you at the finish line to my partner, and you know everything was good. And I sat on the bus and I'd met my dad. And, uh, you know, I had pretty much had like a little picnic on me. Um, you know, I had my, my running, um, you know, my plan with my food. So, you know, I had my gels, like I was going to take sort of on the hour. I had my electrolytes. I had my saurine bars, you know, and, and, you know, I had it all sort of mapped out. The one thing I had in my pocket, I kicked myself, was my bloody wallet. Like, I knew when I got out my car that I'm not taking anything unless I'm running with it. And I had this jacket on. I knew I was going to ditch it on the start line. And I had this full wallet and like, you know, as you can imagine, like your life lives in, in your wallet, your purse, whatever you've got. I had driver's license, bank cards. I had about four bank cards, my work card, my personal one, my savings. I had about 30 quid cash, another 20 quid in bloody coins. And I thought, oh my God, like this can't be swinging about from me. It's a pretty expensive wallet as well. And I just thought, what do I do? And I had to sort of... <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt, I thought, well, I'm going to have to leave it, uh, you know, I cannot, you know, bear in mind I've got all this food, I, I just don't know what to do with my wallet, so I decided that when I left my jacket, what I would do is empty all my um, valuables, you know, some of my driver's license, credit cards, things like that, um, ditched the coins, weren't bothered about them, took my notes, I put them in the back of my phone, there were a few other little bits in my wallet that I kept, and then I just thought, you know what, you've lost your wallet and about 15, 20 quid in coins, so be it. So, you know, we're on the start line and I just like, right, that's that. And we said, look, we'll tie our jackets around the fence. They might not even take them by the time we're back. You don't know. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll come to this when, when it comes to it. But basically, believe it or not, after the marathon, when we walked past, we was like, nope, the jackets are gone. And later that day, my dad texted me and I'm like, look what we've got. We went back and we found it. And he actually found the wallet, which I could not believe. I was like, oh, my God. Um you know, because you don't want to lose that sort of stuff, but I just thought, what a stroke of luck, I don't know how he's found it, I still haven't spoken to him about where it was, I was just like, oh my god, you're a lifesaver, um, but going back to just before, you know, it was getting really busy, it was getting exciting, and the atmosphere was there, and like I said, because of the, the magnitude of the occasion, 
the it was just a special day really and i remember when we set off it, it, like I say, it was almost a red, like a red carpet moment, and you know, I we started in Headingley, Leeds, so I like knew I know it well from university, so I knew where we were, and I, I you know, it sort of brought back a lot of you know happy memories and and good times, and and you know, it came with a lot of emotion really, and I, it was just such a, a powerful moment really, and, and you know, I wish I could go back to it, I really, really do. Um, so, like I said, the the atmosphere, it was all there. It's just what we wanted. Um, so the marathon itself, this, I didn't know how I was going to feel, in all honesty, I didn't, I really didn't, you know, I've, I've got bad knees, I'm full of injuries, I'm one of those, my back goes, my knees goes, I get blisters on my feet, you can imagine, and I was just thought, what is going to come, but honestly, because I, you know, of the occasion, I just wasn't thinking too far forward, and it wasn't until mile 12, where... I was like, okay, that voice inside my head is creeping back in. The reason being, it was such a good day, and like I said, I knew where we were, um, but it, it was hilly, but and obviously you've got to think with the hills, yes, you go up, but you do go down. And I remember going down a stint of downhill, and we actually ran past uh, Kevin Rob, which were absolutely amazing. Um, they were just sort of coming back, they were like in the wave ahead of us. And But I remember going down this hill, and then you sort of do like a, a bit of a U-turn, and it said mile 12. And at that point, I thought, you've run all the way down this hill. You've got to run all the way back up. And you're not even halfway. And I just remember thinking, well, this is going to be a long day. And, you know, like I said, we weren't bothered about time. Um, admittedly, it would have been nice to get under sub four hours. We didn't. We actually got 4.13 in the end, which was good. You know, I was quite pleased with that. But it would have been nice, but not bothered at all. Considering the heat of the day, it was really hot. It was very hilly. Um, and yeah, it was just something to be proud of regardless of the time. But I just remember that mile 12 thinking, Christ alive, like this is going to be a long day. But the crowd pulled us through. Um, and you know, you're sort of left with your own thoughts. You are on your feet for four plus hours, you know, five if you're really thinking about sort of getting there, the build up after it, all that. Um, and it was just, like I say, a mega, mega occasion. But as the distance went on, and you could sort of see there was almost. Um, like a change in atmosphere because the crowd was still amazing but the runners around you you can imagine everyone sets off with smiles high fives cheering the crowd on it's all getting really exciting and just mega and i just remember we sort of got to like mile 15 mile 16 so just beyond the half marathon point really and i just remember sort of turning the corner and actually just soaking it up and looking around and now look at you know like I said, i've got that second wind ability i had my moment at mile 12 but I, you know i was fine and looking around it was like seeing a walking dead and I just remember everyone walking around me and just every, like everyone's smiles had gone. There was zapped, people were stopping. And it's where we sort of, sort of saw our first casualty, really, you know. And you can imagine the heat of the day and it's a long time to be running. You know, people were conked out under tinfoil, medics attending to them. They were, they'd pulled something, they'd fallen over, they were collapsing. And it was just, it was almost like a sniper was behind us and just every sort of, you know, 20, 30 minutes, someone else would just pop and go down. And, and, to be perfectly honest, at that point, I'm going to sort of, from a selfish point of view, really, you know, quite frankly, it spurred me on. When, you know, my competitive side came out, I thought, well, if they're slowing down, I can speed up. And, and that is a really sort of selfish way of looking at it. But I think if I hadn't have had that lens, then I could have been one of them. So I've got to think, you know, I've just got to keep going. Use their sort of downfall as my um, accelerator. 
obviously, you know, you know, you're, you're tending to people and things, and you know, saying you're all right to people, but you've got to zone in, and you know, and, and I fully accept that other people are there to help them. And at this point, I'm just going to go past them, and and that's someone else that I'm passing rather than being passed, and that spurred me on. You know, that was my competitive side. Um, don't judge me for that, you know, like so everyone was helping everyone, and I just thought if you stop, then you're buggered. So do not stop. Keep going. Keep going. And, you know, me and my dad. We were all sort of laughing and joking at the start, but he, like we weren't even speaking to each other at this point because it were earphones in and it was sort of game face, you know, it's like a game of two halves. And I remember just that latter half marathon being like, right, here we go. You know, we, we spoke to everyone, you know, each other every now and then. Are you all right? How are your knees? How's your ankles? How's your back? So on and so forth. But, you know, we were good. We were good. And, and what were really nice, like I say, the crowd... I can't remember one bit of street that wasn't lined up with people. And like even on the country roads, people were there and that really did keep you going. You can imagine you've got your name on your sort of um, uh, number on the front and, you know, random people saying, come on, Liam, you can do it. Come on, Mark, you can do it. And, and it just kept us going really throughout some real tough times. So like I said, we got to mile 15, 16, got through it well. I had no idea of time at this point, um, but it turns out we did run uh, the half marathon in 202 so we were almost on course it turns out for a, a sub four um but you know every kilometer every mile is it comes with a new challenge and then came pool bank so this was the hill that ever since i'd signed up and joined these facebook groups like i didn't really know the otley area and i didn't really know that side of leeds but everyone said you know this is a hill that's going to be tough uh, there were so many people like driving out and training for it on that hill but I, I had the thought, well, it'll be where it'll be and, and we'll just put up with it. You know, we trained some very hilly routes. Like, it can't be that bad. And it wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't. And if you listen to this and you've done the marathon, you might be thinking, well, you're absolutely wrong. It was really difficult. Like, again, I can only describe it as walking dead. People are crawling up the hill at this point and, and they had the sort of marathon motivators there and they were running with people. But I, I didn't really break stride. And I, I remember sort of being going up this hill like I said, I didn't know where we were. And I said to Dad, you know, where's this where's this hill that everyone's on about? He said, you're on it. I thought, well, okay. It's not that bad, really. Yeah, it was steep and it got steeper. But I, I didn't really care, you know, it, because, like I said, when we'd been training, that was that. We were on it. And so it was no no issue. So I thought, oh, brilliant. And I remember um, you get sort of sent like a virtual walkthrough or run through of, of the marathon before. And so I remember watching it and... And the guy who was doing the video was like, right, when you get to the top of Pool Bank, it's all downhill from here. And I thought, brilliant. Well, we've got to the top of Pool Bank. It's for 20 miles in. It's another 10K to go, another six miles. Bollocks. What a heck. Turn the corner, some more hills. I thought, oh, well, that's good. And I remember again that voice then crept back and being like, oh, here we go. You've got to do it all again. And it was at this point where my injuries started kicking in. So like I said, my back, it, it, my low back always sort of goes really. You know, I'm quite heavy footed. There's a lot of pressure on it. Um, but then like my right quad had started to really sort of seize to the point where I couldn't really lift my knee um, so it was a bit of a bumble at this point and I think that's what cost us the time but my dad was in a similar boat you know and, and I remember we couldn't have really gone much faster but again we did not stop which was such um, you know I look back at that with such pride because it had been so easy to stop it really really would have been, been so easy just to be like you know what let's walk it and so many people did um, and, and you know we were one of the few it felt who were just still running and, and we were consistent really throughout albeit a little bit slower but consistent and again my selfish side kicked in and being like well look you know they're stopping you don't stop quite simply you just keep going and I remember seeing mile 22 and now 22 is my favourite number I was born on the 22nd of the 2nd um, and I just thought you know what once you pass this mile 22 like 
this is it now like you know you're nearly there you're four miles away here we go you're gonna be on it you're on the ball and it actually went the complete opposite like my legs just seemed to get worse I seemed to fatigue a lot more and again I slowed down further and I still didn't know where we were and I was just like come on like show me somewhere show me somewhere and eventually we got through it and I got to a point where we knew around 23 24 miles in and I remember my dad saying you know bear in mind he's a lot faster than me you know he can run a 10k you know a good 10 minutes faster than me a half marathon you know 15 20 minutes faster than me and I just remember him saying you tell me when you want to go faster and we'll empty the tank and it was about mile 23 24 and I said right let's do it because like I said I've got that second third fourth wind ability and I just went right let's do it and he just went I can't this this is my lot and I thought well you know what fair play because you've given it your all you've set an absolute example and been an inspiration to me throughout this um it's been an unreal experience let's finish this together that was always the agreement we finished this together so down we went through Headingley we sort of like did the reverse of the Otley run if anyone knows that and then around into the stadium and and do you know what when we crossed that finish line you actually finished in the stadium there was no experience like it and I just remember we did the classic like marathon finisher pose you know arms arms above your head in celebration and then we just embraced and you know like it was just a nice feeling and and just knowing that we'd done that marathon I remember sort of that last two mile being like we're gonna do it like can you believe we're we're doing a marathon bear in mind a year ago hated running you know hadn't even thought about doing a half marathon um my dad like I say was always a better runner than me but even you know to do a marathon you know there is a a statistic that it's like less than one percent of the population has done a marathon in a lifetime so we can say that we are um you know part of that one percent part of the minority who's doing one and it's like I say it's just insane it was an insane experience but I do think the magnitude of the event and, and everything that's happened with Rob Burrow and the, his cause and, and being a champion for MND and along with Kevin Sinfield um, has been an absolutely unbelievable experience and that spurred so many people on. I think with that marathon, there was also the half marathon on the day, but I think there was 55% of runners, first time marathon runners, um, which is a bit crazy because you know over half of the runners had never done a marathon before and we were some of them. So... Look, we got through it, we made it, and you know, quite frankly, we were buzzing. Um, the aches, honestly, we were tired, but it was no worse than doing like a leg day. That's how I'd describe it. You know, the, one or two days after, yes, I rested on a Monday, but I was back in the gym on Tuesday doing upper body, um, just steady away, nothing, you know, nothing silly, but my legs were very, very difficult. And in fact, on the Wednesday, I just went for a brief run, uh, nice and short, 5K. Um, I actually had to, had to drop the car off at the MOT uh, for its MOT so you know I had to run back which was a bit frustrating but it, it forced my hand into doing a run and, and it didn't feel that bad albeit slow albeit my energy wasn't there and, and you know it did take a lot out of me and everyone said it will take more out of you than you think than you would you would have thought and you know what it did fair enough but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be really um, so I was so pleased the one thing that did get me now I didn't blister I must say, like, I had these socks. If you've got me on Instagram, you'll have seen them on my training runs. They're like gloves, effectively. Like, you put a toe in each hole and everyone was giving me so much stick for them. But they worked. I didn't get any blisters by one on the edge of my toe. Um, but, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of runner's toe. 
Um, and I heard it was a thing, but I thought, nah, not for me. But I look down as I'm recording this podcast, actually, and my toes are still black. Three of them are still, uh, you know, like jet black. And it's a little, I'm like, I don't know if they're going to fall off or what. And I've Googled it, and it's just how it is, really. Um, and it's just the pressure on my shoes and it's sort of the, the longest toe forward. It takes the, mo- the most pressure. Um, so I don't mind about that, but it is a little bit, yeah sort of thing um, but you know what I'll take a couple of black toes and, and sort of legs for the medal for the t-shirt and for just for the memory of it all like I say from start to finish yes the training was difficult and, and you know I resented it at times but the to do a marathon with my dad he's right up there with a bit of a bucket list experience really it was insane I think it actually brought us closer and I can only describe it as surreal really um, so like I say if you've never if you've sort of toyed with the idea of doing, like I say, it doesn't have to be a marathon, but a half marathon, a 10K, even like some sort of event, just do one because having the purpose, having the incentive and the feeling of achievement, there's nothing like it really. So do you know what? You know, Yes, we didn't get sub four, but who cares? We couldn't have pushed ourselves anymore. It wasn't really about the time. I think if it was a flatter route, maybe. Um, I have actually applied for London. Um but if I don't get into London like I didn't last year, then so be it. It doesn't matter because what I will do is is look at doing another marathon. I'd like to do one abroad, I think, really. I don't know, but watch this space. Another one will happen. Um, but all in all, running my first marathon was an absolutely unbelievable experience and I would recommend it to absolutely anyone. What's next for me? Um, we've got a couple of Tough Mudders booked this year, which will be um, obviously good fun. Um, some with friends, some with clients. We've then signed on to High Rocks. Myself and a client have signed on to the men's doubles. Then we've got some more clients doing them. So that'll be the new challenge at the back end of November. So watch this space for High Rocks. Um, but now it's short term. We're getting married in August. Just getting in shape for it. You know, pushing, pushing the gym, pushing the weights, looking after the food, cleaning it all up. And yeah, just just that's going to be what I'm laser focusing in. And then obviously the events can, can be... Sp- um, put in and around it sort of thing but I'm not really bothered about them in the interim it's now just a case of right wedding ready so the wedding build as it stands is our thing um, but if anyone's got any questions about running the marathon or like I say what it was like or any advice like I've only won I've only run one I can't claim to be a fountain of all knowledge um, but what I can claim is is the feeling is you know irreplaceable and it will put you on such a pedestal and put you right onto cloud nine really albeit with sore legs um i would just highly highly recommend doing one but if it you know like i say if it wasn't a marathon then whatever events you know scalable to you then please go do one so there was my marathon experience all in all loved it hopefully you got something out of this episode if you've ever toyed with doing a marathon or you're gonna do one please let me know and over and out and i'll see you next week team all the best
And of course, these things do mean a lot, Lindsay, um, to us all. And I think it's it's absolutely incredible. And I appreciate you have just touched on this. But what would you say to somebody who would be potentially sat on the fence about joining the Confidence Project? I would say that they, they've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. And you won't look back. It will definitely be one of the best investments in yourself that you will ever make. And there you go, I've slipped you a £20 note under the table on the back of that. Um, because it is an investment in you, isn't it? And, and I'm sure we've said this in the past, but this isn't just a PT session. This isn't just a trainer-to-client sort of setup. This isn't just a high and buy. This is we are in this for the long run together. We are here to go further together um, and see our best selves, really, Lindsay. So I'd love to round this podcast off with one last question and... Forgive me if you end up repeating yourself here. Um, but is there simply any last words that you'd want to leave with any listeners um, based on your experiences, based on your memories of the Confidence Project, whether that's some words of wisdom, whether that's a bit of advice, what would you say to anyone? How would you potentially want to round this episode off with um, a long-lasting memory of Lindsay and your achievements? Um, I suppose to say that if you like you touched on earlier, if you think you can't, you won't. And you, you've got to change that mindset. You've got to believe in yourself and the belief in yourself and everything else then just seems to fall into place. Linda, what an incredible chat that was. I can't thank you enough for your honesty, your openness, your transparency. Um, everything you've achieved, everything you've done, everything you bring to the Confidence Project, not just Team L, but all of us as one. Um, we all have our own individual um, piece of the puzzle that we bring to the Confidence Project and we fit together quite nicely. Um, and you are very much a centerpiece in that because you set the example, you set the standard, you show the resilience. You have the heart of a lion and we call you the dark horse and sometimes you'll call yourself Dory but you are you and that's exactly what we need you to be, Lindsay. So for the last time, thank you so much for taking the time out to have a chat. I hope that if you are listening to this you can really, really take something from it because I know even just being sat here next to Lindsay, it fills me with, like I said, a warm feeling um, about how far she's come. So if you are listening, please let us know what your biggest takeaway is. Um, and for the final time, Lindsay, just thank you so much for being you and being here. You're welcome.